We're going to have an interesting day today. Um, so, <laughs> the, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about what God is really like. Um, it's, it's super important for us as Christians to know what God is really like because his reputation and his character has been messed up over time because of the way of, we, we all do it, we get in the way and we misunderstand, we miscommunicate, people teach things <clears throat> over the years and, and gives God a kind of a bad name and you know, I think it's real important that we understand that. So as we're on this journey, um, and I, we're, we're supposed to get into Job, uh, into a really exciting part of Job that I love, and we're going to do that, but we're not going to do that this week. Uh, because God changed um, changed it up on me, which I love and and, and don't like at all. Um, <laughs> you know, it's a love, yeah. So so God changed it up a little bit, and and I want to share with you this morning um, a, a vision God gave me yesterday. And it's very interesting that He chose yesterday uh, and and changed it up. Uh, you know, the day before Sunday. You know. Why don't you do that Monday, God? You know, it'd be, it'd be a lot easier on me. No. Um, but yesterday, and I didn't even know this till later last night, me and my wife were talking, and she's like, oh, it's the what, first day of fall. And, and I was like, whoa, really? I mean, that's a unique time for God to give me this picture vision um, having to do with uh, season, seasons of change. And I was like, wow, I didn't even, I didn't even know that was the, the day, but... God on that day gave me a vision of a new transition um, in the spirit for the Rivers Church. And uh, I was like, wow. And when he showed me this picture that I'll share with you in, in a few moments, um, it was pretty powerful. I was like, whoa. And I, and, and, and I know some, some people have the giftings of visions and stuff, and, and the Holy Spirit can give you any gift at any time that he wants. That's his deal. That's his choice. It's not like, oh, you're the vision guy, and only you can give visions and no one else can. Holy Spirit gives you whatever he wants, whenever he wants, to the betterment and encouragement of the whole body. And so uh, for some reason, God chose yesterday to, to uh, give me this vision, which, was, um, which we'll get into, uh, that's going to help us kind of uh, see what's happening in the spiritual realm and where God's calling us to go uh, in this journey on finding out what God is really like. Because if you don't know what God is really like, or you think you know what God is like, then the way you act and what you do in your life is going to portray the Jesus that you think you know. So if you think you know Christ and you think you know him, you're going to portray whatever that is in your heart, right? And if that's off, or there's parts of it that are off, then you're going to miscommunicate the heart of God. Right? And haven't we all done that? I mean, I'm the first one. Yeah, I've miscommunicated God's heart. Yeah. But we need to, in our lives, go, hey, God, I need to get closer and more in tune with you so that I fully communicate who you really are. So as vessels, right, we don't communicate us. The object of a vessel is to communicate whatever's poured into it. The vessel communicates out. Yeah. So it's not, the, the vessel doesn't decide, oh, well, no, Jesus thinks this way about this. No, the vessel just shuts its mouth and lets God be God, and God comes. Are you with me? So it's that that we need to know what God's really like, become less and less of our uh, uh, getting rid of our filters that we all have through life and circumstances and 
and hurts and pains from the past. We all have these filters that are built up in us that as God's pouring through us, we filter out all this stuff so we get not really what's there. We don't get truly God's heartbeat because of our filters. And part of the process of learning and growing and the word of God is to rightly divide and correct and exhort and bring uh, truth to our thinking process and those filters. So this vision does fit in really well. And, um, oh, where's the mic, Mike, Mikey, Mike, Mike? Where's the mic? Because I want Paula to come up real quick. Um, would you, Paula, real quick? And uh, Mike? Yeah, Mike took the mic and Mike. Mike and Mike and Mike. So I, I want you to, I want you to, um, I want you to know that um, when the spirit moves, he knows all the parts of the orchestra. So without anyone else maybe knowing what the other is doing, the spirit knows. And Apollo came to me and gave me a little picture that she got from the Lord. And I wanted to share that because that's kind of in alignment with what I'm going to share with you later. So share what the Lord gave to you. Um, I was this week, you know, you read your Bible every day and then I was just kind of laying there thinking about the church, and some people say thinking about the church is like praying for the church, and I was just, you know, kind of like half here and half somewhere in the realm, and I got this picture of a bladder, and I'm talking an animal bladder, okay, because back in the day, they used animal bladders to hold their liquid, and there was a, a, a square cut on it, and there was a patch on it, and it was sewn, and people are pouring pouring into it, and it was... We have the same ring, so Someone's I wasn't shofar? sure if it was me. It's a really? shofar. Okay. We have the same ring, so I thought it was me. Silenced cell phones now. <laughs> but anyway, they were pouring liquid into it, and the, the patch would leak, and they're pouring um, liquid into it, the patch would leak, and they're just you know, kind of like, come on, stop, stop this leak. You know, it's not working, okay? And the Lord said, you cannot. <coughs> now, everybody, you should know this scripture. <laughs> Put new wine in old wineskins. And the old wineskin is the church. So there's a new wineskin that's coming. And that new wineskin is going to hold what we put in it. So, you know, thinking of that concept of new wineskins and, and not putting old stuff into new, I want you to keep that in the back of your mind as we go forward because I want to share with you um, a, few, a few thoughts of the vision that God gave me, and, and that's it, and then we're going to pray, because um, I, I, I want you to hear this, and I want you to be challenged in this, and uh, 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 be aware of the times that we're in. In the Old Testament, there's a story about the sons of Issachar, and these, in that story, it talks about these sons of Issachar knew the time that they were in. They were aware and, and, and knowing, knowing what was going on and, and wise in that time, and I think God is calling us as a church, to do that consistently, not just every now and then, but be alert, be on guard, be ready. I mean, if you read through the New Testament, they all thought Jesus was coming back, most of them in their own lifetime. They were pretty convinced, like, this is happening now, it's any day now, <clears throat> and so they were ready. But the concept there is that we all need to be ready and positioned spiritually and mentally in our lives as if Christ is coming today. We're to live like that because the, the trick of the enemy has always been 
hey, uh, when your kids, if you don't discipline your kids when they do something wrong and you enable that behavior and it goes on, then there's no immediate consequence and they think they're getting away with it. And a lot of times, you know, in life, we do something that's very sinful and against God's word, but there's no immediate consequence. And then we get bought into the lie that, oh, well, I guess it's okay then. So I didn't get immediately beat up when I did this or that, or lightning didn't strike, or I didn't, you know, fall apart. So maybe it was okay. Maybe I misunderstood what God said and his word says, and maybe he's given me a hall pass. Are you with me? And so we can get there where we think that, um, that God's letting us go. So uh, I want to get into this word this morning, and I want you to, want you to hear it. Um, so turn in your Bibles, uh, first of all, to 1 Corinthians 15.58. And so I want to give you the, the, the background, you know, so spending time with the Lord. How, by the way, how's your time been with the Lord this week? Oh, well, that's pretty exciting. I'm glad one of us had a decent time. I, I ask that because in our church in America, we are trained to show up here and get. We are not trained. We, the church, the ministry, the leaders, all of us together have not done a good job at making church uh, train us the right way. Church, gathering together at the temple, gathering together at homes, that was never intended for you to just show up and get. Church, church's design is that you show up to give. That you show up and you have something to do. You don't just show up, sit in your chair, hear good worship, get a message, go home, repeat cycle. That is not God's plan for the church. But a majority of the church is living in that cycle. And sadly enough, we are too. We are in that. And so we need to get our perspective changed. And I asked that question, how was your alone times? Because when I challenged you a couple weeks ago to spend 30 minutes Listening to the Lord, a quiet time, that was very difficult for some of you. Some of you had wonderful experience with that. And then I said the next week, I said, that challenge is ongoing. That's to never stop. <clears throat> and in fact, that's a, a, a call of God on you is that we spend that time with him, that we uh, dedicate that. And I said, look, if you don't have a half hour each day to give solemnly to the Lord, unhindered to the Lord, you're too busy. And you need to stop and reconsider and reevaluate where your priorities are at and make time for him. Prioritize him. Amen? So um, I'm going to continue to push this, whoever wants to show up here at the rivers, I'm going to continue to push you and myself to making Jesus number one. And not just in word, but in actuality and in deed. Is Jesus number one in your life? We've heard that before. We say Jesus is our Lord, but if you look at your life, is Jesus really the Lord? Is he the commander of your life? Is he the one calling shots? Is he the one scheduling your time? Do, is your time submitted to him, or do you give him a little time in your schedule? Your time, your calendar, in a sense, should be submitted to God. God, here's my daily agenda. What do you think about that? And he, oh, 
I don't see me on there. Oh, better readjust my calendar. Oh, no. Well, you know, just try and fit me in down here between, you know, dinner and, and, and Netflix. Just give me a little, you know, 15, whatever. Whatever you can do. No, that's not how God is or thinks. That doesn't even cross his mind, even though it crosses ours. So he looks at it and goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. Am I the Lord of your life? Or am I just a trophy on your wall or a little ribbon? Are you with me? God's calling everyone in this room. I don't care how young, old you are. God is calling you to total submission to his lordship. He is calling you to, to be your Lord. That means he guides and directs every part of your life. People don't, it's not a fun subject, but you know what? It really is. When you learn the secret of the closet, your life changes. And at the rivers, we're going to keep pushing every one of us to prioritize that because until we get that down as a body, all the other stuff we talk about is, is just extra stuff. It doesn't really matter. We can talk about all the great things in the Word and great ministries we could do at the church and all this other stuff, but if you as an individual are not pressing down into Christ and you're not looking to Him every day and, and, and sitting before His throne, wow, we're, we're missing the point because He is the point. Reconciliation to God is the point of the Gospels. Think about the Gospels, guys. Think about the, the bigger message. So you, you, ever see those, you ever see the video where they zoom out from the earth and then they zoom out and you see the moon and then they're going to Saturn and Mars and you're like, oh, Jupiter's big. But then they go to those other planets. Have you, have you guys seen? Yeah, okay. So it's like, wow, crazy. I want you to zoom out because sometimes we get, we get too close into Christianity where we just see sections and sometimes we need to step back and out and zoom out and go, okay, what's the big picture here? If we had to summarize this whole thing called Christian, Christianity or, or having a relationship with God, <clears throat> it's this. There is a, God has a kingdom. His kingdom has come. He is going to come, come to this earth, take over, rule and reign forever and ever on this earth, whether you like it or not. And your choice is to enter into the kingdom or reject the kingdom and suffer the consequence of rejecting God. That's the picture. And if you think of it, it's kind of intense because we want to make it more soft, pretty, whatever, you know. But really, if you think about it, the kingdom of God, Jesus said, is at hand. It's here. And the kingdom of God is saying, look, accept Jesus, he's the way, as your Lord, or don't, and if you don't, you have an eternity without the presence of God, which they call hell. So those are your choices. So when you think about your life and your lordship to Christ, A, well, I want to make sure I'm in that kingdom, but we should be about kingdom business, which is making sure that we're making disciples, preaching the gospel, which is simply the good news about this story. The good news of this story is you can be in his kingdom. The bad news of the story is if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you are not in his kingdom. There is no other way, no other door, no other exception. There's not multiple ways. It's him or nothing. And this world today needs to hear the name of Jesus. You, you, your, knee, your knee will bow whether you like it or not. 
you will, bow, you will bow in submission because out of your own desire and love, and you'll be willing, or you will be unwilling, you will be forced to your knees, and you will submit to the name of Jesus. But the problem of that submission, the problem, though, with that submission is that if you're forced to your knees, it's too late for you. It is too late for you. You must submit now. That's why as your pastor, I am pushing you, begging with you, pleading, trying to show you truth in the word that will get you to the feet of Jesus. Remember Martha and Mary? One of them chose the better way. One of them chose the feet of Jesus because Jesus said she has chosen the right thing and that will not be taken from her. She's figured it out. This is the main point of everything I've come to do is that you sit at my feet. He is the king, the Lord, the creator. By his word, universe were made, church, and we get to sit at his feet. So it's important. The big picture, Christ is coming back. And so in the meantime, we've got to stay hungry at his feet, being transformed and shaped into what he wants us to be so that we can truly be that vessel that exonerates and, and has the flow all the way through us, right? Remember the soul-spirit alignment? We need to be aligned so that we can be effective and efficient in the kingdom, because it's important, guys. People's lives are depending on it. And if people don't know it, it's like a speeding ticket. You know, I, I can't tell the officer, oh, I didn't know it was only 75 or you know, 55 here. I was going 75. That doesn't, he doesn't care. It's the law. I'm required to know the expectations of the speed limit on the roadways. You and me are required to know, and if not by anything, we've all heard the gospel presented well in the word over our lifetime, but even if you don't, by your own conscious, Romans tells us that you are to know the laws of God and know right and wrong, and you're able to choose. I want to get into that Job discussion already. So let's get on to this. So I was praying, uh, we're in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 58, just so you're thumb there. I was praying and then uh, you ever know, you ever want to ask someone a question and you know you shouldn't probably ask it right away so you kind of dilly-dally. You know, you, you don't want to, you don't want to be uncomfortable. Maybe, maybe when you're a kid, you, you really want to ask your parents for something, right? And, and you don't want to just go out and ask them right away so you go, hey, hey dad, how's it going? Yeah, your kids ever do that to you? I mean, they, our kids have done to us, hey, how, how's it going? And you're like, wait a minute. Like, I know where you're going. This, you're not asking how my day was. I, I, think, I think all of our kids have done that to us, you know, and we're, we crack up. We're like, you know, we call them right away. But th- there's a nature to us where we, we, we're trying to be polite, but we really want to know something or the answer to something. But we kind of go, hey, I got to do all these things, so hopefully I'll get what I really want. So if I do this, I get this. I was doing that with God yesterday, you know, and doing all the, you know, the official prayer stuff, you know, and and, uh, and so, and I'm writing, and he's speaking to me, and, and, and he's telling me stuff about me personally, and it was great. And, but I, in my mind, I'm really going, I want to ask God about the Rivers Church. <laughs> my God, what's your, because I've been, I've been going through a, a spiritual battle. Uh, you, you know when you're going through spiritual battles, you, you can't quite explain how, why you're feeling, but you know in the spirit realm, man, thing, you just feel the shift. Anyone there? Are you, you just kind of feel the shifting, and there's, there's a fight, and there's a battle, and you're just wondering why things. And so the question I really wanted to ask is like, Lord, I want to talk, let's talk about church. The rivers, what, you know, and, and that was my heart. And so he talked to me for a while, and then he said, right when I was done, and I kind of forgot about that question, and then he says, as for the rivers, 
You know, and he, father, father, God, having fun with me. As for the rivers, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I want you to get this in your heart, and I want you to write this next to, 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 and you can write your own notes of how this is communicating to you in your hearts, but um, I, I, I sensed in the Spirit and saw in the Spirit when, when he said, as for the rivers, this huge smile on God's face, and, and, and this, this grin of just pure joy, delight, um, eager anticipation for future. Um, I just saw this like, and, and that smile was in despite all the hardships and things that we're, we've gone through as a church and individuals are going through and the battles and all that and, and some of the clarification we've given on our vision for the church. Despite all that, I felt like God was just smiling. Not, and it wasn't at me necessarily, but I'm part of the church, so I guess he was smiling at me too, but it was more at us. And I want you to know that. I want you to write down, I want you to put your thought. God smiles at you. He is for you. He is happy with the, 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 you know, not everything in your life, but he is happy with where we're going as a church and where our heart is at. And not me as a pastor, not what I'm trying to say, but your hearts, your, as, as a group of people, we are trying our best to seek and, and press into God and know him. And you might be looking at me and saying, well, I don't know if God's smiling at me. He is. He's smiling at you. So I think that's a, I mean, right there alone, that's encouraging to me. I mean, wow. Uh, a lot of people think God's frowning at them or scowling at them, but he's not. He said, I have good in store for your church, you guys. Then uh, he said this. He said, stay steadfast, focused on me, and love one another deeply. That's how he kind of started talking about what he wanted to say. And it reminded me of Second, uh, 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. It says this, therefore, my beloved brethren... Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And I thought, wow, that steadfast, that consistency, that, that determination to keep your, your fixation on Jesus, not going to the left or the right, it's like kind of like the horses with the, the eye protectors where they, you know, if the horses are going down and they see to their left, they get distracted or get scared, but if they have these on, keeps their eyes straight and focused on the road. And, and God's telling us as a church, smiling at us, I love you, I've got good things in for you, but you gotta stay steadfast. You gotta stay fixed on me, focused on me, and, and, and loving each other and abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. And some of you have been in the church a while, have thought, man, I've done all this stuff, work for the Lord, and it seems like it's not producing anything, but it is. Your work in the Lord is never in vain. Your prayers that you send up uh, for the church, for your brothers and sisters in the church, uh, the vision, all that, is never in vain. God's hearing it, and later on... Um, he tells us in this vision that this is exciting. He said, the bowl is getting full. And, I, and some of you may not understand what that means. So in the Bible, in Revelations, it talks about the prayers of the saints filling up a bowl and where it's getting full. And with God, there's, all, there's measures, and he's very gracious and loving and kind, but he's, always, he's also very just and fair and righteous. And so he's, he's a perfect balance and so with God, um, we, when you're praying for things, sometimes there's like a bowl, and when that bowl's full, then, then God's like, all right, time is up, or it's time now for whatever. 
And so uh, he told us the bowl's getting full. So your prayers are not in vain. So pray in faith, knowing that every time you pray in faith, whether it's for the church or something else, that those prayers aren't just going somewhere and dissipating like smoke. Your prayers are going into a bowl. God is recording it. He remembers it. He knows it. And you've got to keep believing and pressing in because you will, you will have victory when you keep on knocking and asking. Amen? So don't forget that. Don't forget that. Um, so 1558, then he said, love, love each other deeply in my, in my uh, vision here. So turn to 1 Peter uh, 1, 22. In the old days, you used to hear the pages turn. Now it's just, yeah. Thank you, D. Woohoo! I'm turning my pages. I'm going old school today. I like, I miss, I miss the paper Bible. Um, I'm learning the, the, the fun of technology and, and the electronic stuff, but I, for some reason, there was a guy once, he, uh, he memorized, he's memorized the whole Bible, and he said, he's memorized it because he has a paper Bible, and he's memorized the whole thing. Isn't that crazy? I, wow. Anyway. All right, 1 Peter 1.22. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth, <clears throat> so you've come to the knowledge of Christ, through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently or deeply with a pure heart. So loving one another deeply. This word deeply or fervently means loving each other without, it's, it's a picture, picture, you ever done tug of war, Right? And tug of war, and just think of the rope when it's on the ground and it's all loose, and, and think of it when everyone picks it up and it tightens, and man, that thing gets as straight as a line, right? There's no slack in the line, but when someone gives in, it tilts down. So this word is talking about um, where without slack, without, uh, without any, uh, there's, the tension is full in it. So this is loving each other this deep, without any slack in your love for one another, without any uh, um, less, but all fullness of your love. So really loving each other from a pure heart, a sincere heart, a real heart, not to gain something out of them, not to gain their approval or for them to like you, but a sincere, deep love of Christ in you without slack. And so God's telling us here to do this, to love deeply and steadfast, to be steadfast. And the first two things in your notes, that's why we put those. I want you to think about these things during the week is ask yourself questions God, you're smiling on me? I, I dare you this week to take time out, get alone, have a journal out, and go, God, Doug said you're smiling at me. Is that true? I dare you, and I dare you to listen to what God has to say to you. Because you have to understand, church, that a God is speaking to you. His spirit lives in you. He wants to communicate with you. That's the reason Christ came to die for you is so that he could be with you and talk with you and have a relationship. So ask him that, I dare you. So then, let's move on. Um, God said, you're, uh, you're on track. Don't fret. Um, I go before you. 
So God's telling us, I'm, 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 uh, a great thing about shepherds is they would go before the sheep into the pasture and prepare the land. So if there's poisonous plants or whatever, if there's any holes that they could get, they would all prep it up so that when the sheep came in, we, we, there would be protection. And just knowing that your shepherd has gone before us. Jesus has says, he's gone before us. Nothing surprises him. Amen? God's not surprised of who's here today. He's also not surprised of who's not here. God is not, that that doesn't shake him. That doesn't affect him. He doesn't do things by his sight. Amen? It's by his spirit. So God goes before us. And then he says, he got a lot of things mixed in here for me too, so I'm trying to filter out some of them, I'll tell you, but some of them are just non-important right now. Um, He says, the church needs me, all of me, not just some. And then he said, phase two is beginning. And I was, that kind of, because when you're, when you're listening to the Lord and you're journaling, I'm not like, it's hard, because you have to learn how to not judge every word. I don't know, have you ever tried and hear God's voice, and you're like, he say, you hear one thing, and you're like, wait, is that correct? And, what is there? and you just go crazy and analytical on yourself. I, yeah, that's one of the things on your left brain that you're trying to be analytical and trying to judge everything. And, and when, you're, when you're praying with the Lord, you, you got to just let the Spirit flow like a flowing river out of you. Jesus said, the Spirit will bubble in you like a deep well and it'll bubble out. You've got to let that spontaneously flow go. That doesn't mean you just, whatever you hear and say, that's word. No, you get your word. You give it to other people in your life. You say, does this align, does this align with Scripture and all that? But when you're listening, if you're too analytical, you miss the Spirit of God really speaking to you. So this came out. I was like, phase two? Wait, what, what's phase one? Like, I'm like, wait, we're phase three. I was like, wait, what are you talking about? So, but I, I, you know, you train yourself to go, okay, keep, Lord, I'm listening. Sh- shut my mind off and just I'm listening in my spirit for you. Um, Time, he said, time for phase one has come to a close, and, um, and those who have heard my voice and want to go um, where, and he made me write this in capital letters, where I am taking them, okay, this is to our church, he says, cause, and, he, and it made it clear without saying it, because sometimes with God, he communicates in a lot of different ways. He communicates through a vision, like with Paula. He communicates through dreams. He communicates through his word. He communicates through the spirit. Like, he can talk in, in English, but he can give you pictures, and he can give you unctions and feelings to where I've had the part where the spirit fell on me. I had a whole sermon in a second, and I, and I, I couldn't do it. It just was there, and all of a sudden, I knew all the parts, the first part, stories, the scripture, and I was like, Wow. I, there's just no way that, there's no way it was me. So God, just know that God doesn't just talk in one simple way. He is the most creative God. He's the, the creator, his nickname, creator, right? He, he's very creative. And, and for us to think that God only speaks in King James English and in, in complete sentences in, in our language, that's silliness, you know, if you think about God. So anyway, so the time for phase one has come to a close and those who have heard my voice and want to go where I am taking them, the idea with I am taking them is that, um, that the, the Holy Spirit is leading where we're going. I'm just trying to communicate what he, where his lead is at. Um, am I imperfect? Absolutely. Will I mess up? Totally. Um, and and uh, that's why we have great people in our church. That's why we have the word of God. We have all this great uh, safety nets that God puts in us to help us discern what God is saying. And so... Um, he said, where I'm taking them um, are settled in their hearts to go. These people that are decided where to go, um, I'm, where I'm taking them, are settled in their hearts to go deeper and experience more of my spirit within them. 
That's good. That's the good news. It has been a season of decisions, and the season is closing quickly. I was like, okay. Well, I kind of still, where is this going? Um, <laughs> oh, this is not good. <laughs> he said, the season's closing quickly. And before I could even finish writing that, the Spirit said, heart surgery is next. I was like, whoa, not literal heart surgery. Right? Right. Okay. <laughs> no, the, the concept of heart surgery where God goes into your heart and your soul and begins to correct and clean house. This is where the Lord goes in and goes, you know that little attic space you never want to give me? This is the season to go in the attic and deal with all that junk up there. Okay? So this is the season. So this obviously got me paying a little closer attention, like it wasn't enough attention here, but heart surgery is next. Wow. Deep soul heart work. This will be a season of transformation. This will be a season of transformation. So I want you to know that the Rivers Church, and I'm excited for this, that we are entering into a season. Uh, we're coming, we've, we've had a season of decision and a, dece- a, de- a, a, a season of figuring out where God's calling us, where he wants us, um, placement here or there, or some people are not here, some people are here. So we've kind of gone through this valley of decisions, and now that season is coming to a close, and now God's activating a new season where now we're going to start going from this phase one into phase two, which is deep heart surgery and a transformation. Does anyone in this room want to be transformed? I want, do you have areas in your life that you want to work? Amen. I do too, and I'm excited for this, for transformation time. Um, he said, you will, you will see unbelievable things, capital if, if you stay fixed on me. So the key ingredient for a season of transition is that you and me keep each other accountable to stay fixed on Christ. And that's, I don't want to um, lessen the impact of that statement of being fixed on Christ because fixed on Christ is a bigger deal than I can say with those three words, right? It's, it's a huge, it's being fixated. He's the Lord. He's on the throne of your life. You're submitting to him. You know what God's calling to us in this season of transition? Death. He's calling you and me to die to self. Die to the old nature. Die to the flesh. And come alive to the spirit. That's a spirit of transition, transformation. So the key ingredient for this new season, church, is that you got to stay fixed on him. Um, Then he talks about stuff that he wants to do in me and um, giftings that he put in me. Uh, But for season two, you must stay hungry for me. This season will directly reflect your, um, (coughs) your closeness with me. And so that one, I believe, was primarily for me. It also is for all of us, but the Lord, and I want to share that with you because I feel like the Lord impressed deeply on my heart that, Doug, this season is going to be a lot that you're going to have to, the closer you stay to me, the more you press in, it'll be reflective on us as a body. Um, But I believe that's for you too. You take that where the Holy Spirit wants, but um, I just want you to know as your pastor, God is, he's pressing me. He's saying, look, this is all about me you got to stay close to me, else this ain't going to work. So, take that. 
Um, he says, my people need to really know me. Thus, our, you know, our sermon series. Uh, they need to lock into my heart. Um, I, uh, oh, and then this is, this is the cool part. So um, you can flip over on your back your notes um, and surface and going deep. We might go back and forth there, but you can write wherever you want to write. So I got a picture of um, I said, when he said, uh, they need to lock into my heart. And uh, I got a picture of an elevator going deep into the earth. So I had a picture of the earth. So just imagine this huge picture of an earth, right? And then, have you ever seen a movie where they get in the scary elevator, right? And it goes really deep, and they're like, zoom, 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 zoom. And it's like, how deep? Have you seen the, some of the Avenger movies? I think there was one in there, lots of movies. But they've had this deep elevator, and it's going deep down in the depths, and it's kind of scary, right? And so that's the picture I had of this, walking down this hall with lights flickering, Right? The lights are, you know, kind of on and off, you know, and, you know, it's kind of scary. I was like, this is kind of a, I wasn't scared, but it was kind of like, ooh, like exciting but scary kind of feeling. So I'm walking down this hall, and I'm seeing this elevator, and it's like, wow, I got to go down this elevator? Down? Right? Me and Jen were talking about this. Down? Like, shouldn't it be, like, up to Jesus? <laughs> Let's go to the clouds. Right? And so I'm... But, you know, you're feeling this anticipation that the Holy Spirit's leading me through this big elevator. And he says, so my people who want to go deeper can. So if you want to go with, you, are, you can go. But it's up to you. You've got to make that choice. Those who don't want to want will stay on the surface. But those who step in faith will be eligible to see church the way I intended it to be. And I was like, whoa, okay, so here we have this picture of this elevator going deep down, right? And it's a scary step. You got to step in the elevator by faith, right? You can't do it. You, can't, you don't know what's ahead. You got to trust Jesus. You're stepping into an elevator. It's going down into depths where you haven't been before. These are undiscovered, un unventured parts possibly of your own heart that God wants to go in and change it up and transform. So there's a faith walk, there's a faith element, there's a trust element to this elevator. And he says, if you do this, he said, there's going to be a choice of staying on the surface, so you can stay on the upper floors. And by the way, you can stay on the upper floors and, and still go to heaven. But there's a choice, do I want to go deeper? So check this out. See the church in all its fullness and richness, those who stay on the surface um, and want the same old comfortable churchianity will have it for a short time, but that way of church will be coming to an end, and when it does, those who do not act now um, will, will not see its coming and will be possibly swept away. Some will be. Um, here's the concept that the, the Holy Spirit gave me, that the way we do church now um, is, is transforming. The way we've structured American church to come and get and receive and one person does all this and that's not the, the, the Bible. So that style of church worked for a while but now as we're entering into a new season I believe in the spiritual realm for our planet and the coming of Christ and where we're at as a country um, the way we do church isn't all we're going to we're gonna have to change and morph. We keep the message the same 
The message of Christ is always the same, but sometimes our methods change of how we do church. And so those who, don't, who are afraid to go deal with the deep parts, you can stay, but on the surface you're going to be endangered of being swept away with the thinking of the way the world does church. Okay, So you've got to make that choice to go deep. Um, I, hope, yeah, I hope you're getting this picture. So in your mind's eye, picture that deep earth and you're going down. So this is where it gets, even, it gets pretty cool. But the way of the church coming in, um, swept away, uh, deciding to stay will, won't, uh, will not be enough. Um, you must choose to step in the elevator by faith. So um, you can stay where you're at, but that's going to lead to risk and, and not good stuff in your life because Jesus never calls us to be okay with where we're at. And just be settled. He always calls us deeper. So don't think you're safe by not wanting to take the risk. You have to take a step of faith. You have to take a risk. It's going to be scary. When they went to the promised land, that's why only two of them said we can do it. And the rest said they're scared. They were full of fear. But God requires faith. And the children of Israel that stayed on the top, they all died on the top. That whole generation died and the only two were Caleb and Joshua. They decided, no, we're going. We're going to face our fear now. They had to wait too, but they eventually got to go yep. into the promised land. So picture that. Right. Don't put your hope in the modern day church. Mm-hmm. Not just rivers. Any church in this town, any church in this country. You start putting your hope in an organization or a church building, or even the structured church of how we have it, that is not a safe place. You have to have your safety and trust in Christ, not the church. So then, this is crazy. So I pictured this earth, elevators going deep, and I got a picture, I got a side view of the earth. So I had this big circle and all these elevator shafts. And of course, in Australia, they're going down. It looks like they're going up, but there's a trick. No, I'm kidding. So we're all going down, right, towards the core. And I saw these pictures, and as, check this out. So as the tunnels deepened, right, I mean, as the elevators went deeper, all of a sudden, these side tunnels started connecting all the deep portals. So two elevators here, they got, as they got deeper, all of a sudden, poof, this tunnel connected the two, two elevators. And, they, and then this one started connecting to over here, this one. All these connections. So as they went deep, connections started growing. And I was like, Lord, you know, what's going on? And, and I'm, I'm seeing this. Um, I got to pick uh, many tunnels. And, I, and I'm like, uh, God, what's going on? He says, the more... Uh, the more crossways were connected, this is where unity explodes and real church begins when people start getting deep. And then he changed the earth, and it was God's heart. And so God's heart, as people start pushing into the heart of God, into the core of who God is, to know him, to really know him, as they dig down deeper into God, then the unity of us becomes even stronger. We're trying to, oh, let's be unified all on the surface. Let's be unified, and that's not all bad, but it's not enough. True love, 
Brotherly love, connection, real true unity will never happen on the surface. It'll happen when you choose to go deep into the heart of God. And as you go deep, these connections, tunnels, will start crossing over. And you'll have real, rich relationship, one with another. Because we are the body of Christ. But we can only connect with each other. Real, only real connection is as we go deep into the core of God, we connect from there. Are you seeing it? God wants you to press into his heart. He wants you to dig down deep. Going deeper is not about isolation, but it's about family. Your alone time with God will lead you deeper into rich relationships with others. I just, that just blew me away. And I want to encourage you, church, today to go deeper. I want to encourage you today, I want to challenge you today that this body of believers maybe this should have been included in, in our what to expect because my heart right now I want to be close to Jesus and I want you to press into Jesus I want you to come Sunday with a word from the Lord I want you to come Sunday full of the spirit of God I want you to come Sunday and the spirit of God has been teaching and transforming you and then when we get here we simply just start celebrating what God's already doing all week. And then all of a sudden, we're celebrating and we're seeing these great things of testimonies and God changing our hearts and challenging us and transforming us and we're getting freedom and we come together and, and people are so used to the traditional church, they walk in and they see the celebration going on and it's not like they've church they've seen before and all of a sudden, they go, I want this. Because they don't want the other, it's fake. It's not real, it's not sustainable. But real God heart love is sustainable. It's the only way it can be sustainable because God never runs out of power. He never runs out of love. And the deeper you get connected to his heart, the more you can love others because you can't love anyone else until God loves you and you know it. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for speaking to us and revealing your true heart for us. We thank you for speaking to us, God, in uh, a very creative way. We thank you, God, that you are a God who can speak words, you can speak pictures, you can speak vision, you can speak dreams. You speak in whatever way we need to get communicated to, God, and we're so thankful that your powerful word keeps us on track and in line with what your heart, and, and every vision and dream you give us always conforms and is, is, is driven by your word. It's confirmed, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, that your vision for us as a church that you gave me for us is to go deeper, is to press in, to make you truly the Lord of our life. Father, I just ask that question to everyone in this room. Is Jesus the Lord of all your life? Or is Jesus the Lord of some? There's a memorial from a war that says, some, all gave some, and some gave all.
you got to give it all to Jesus. All of it. God is asking for all of it. If you want to be in his kingdom, you got to give it all. You got to die to the old self. You got to be born again. That means there's death. You die to the old and you're born again anew of God's spirit. God's calling us to crucify the flesh, to die to the old self and come alive to him and to know him. And today with every head bowed and eye closed, if you can't say and answer that question, Pastor, I, Jesus is not the Lord of all. He's the Lord of some. He's even the Lord of most. But I can't say he's the Lord of all. Or I can't even say he's Lord of anything. If that's you and you want to make him the Lord of your life, it's super easy. All you got to do is surrender, repent, turn away from the way you used to live, and turn to Jesus, confess your sin, ask him to come in and give you a brand new spirit, and he will. So if there's anyone here this morning that would say, Pastor Doug, he's not Lord of, of all, and you want to make him Lord of all this morning, we're not going to make embarrass you. We just want you to raise your hand up, and we're going to say a prayer all together. Anyone here this morning that would say that, Pastor Doug, Jesus is not Lord of my life, but I want him to be. I want to be included in that kingdom. All you got to do is lift your hand and say, yep, that's me. Anyone? Anyone here say, I want Jesus to be the Lord because I want to go deep. I want all of this kingdom. I don't want to be left on the surface. I want to be included. I want all to know this God. Anyone at all say, yeah, Pastor Doug, I feel that tug in my heart. I feel that, that burning in my heart right now that is kind of making me feel nervous and strange. But I, I, that's the Holy Spirit, I want to tell you. That's the Holy Spirit moving. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand up. Raise your hand up. Don't be, don't be afraid. Don't, don't let fear rob you from more. So, Father, you see everyone's heart, God, and I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would be the Lord of our lives, that you would challenge each of us at where we're at in our lives. Lord, no matter whether it's the Lord of some or most or a few, Lord, help us to enter into this new phase of transition in heart surgery because, God, we want the result to be you being Lord of all. So, Father, we ask that, that you continue by your Spirit to push this word in our hearts. We're thankful for it, and we love you. In the name of Jesus, we all prayed. And everybody said amen? Amen. 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 God bless you guys. We love you.